Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. I'm Jim Morrison. Today, we have Joan Trice, CEO and founder of Altera Group, and Todd Rasmussen, President and Chief Operating Officer at EVP. We'll be discussing a couple things that appraisers need to be aware of, the market, uh, quality control. And Joan, I'll hand it over to you and let you get started on those. Welcome, Todd. Good to see you today. Thank you, Joan. I appreciate the invitation. And I guess I'm going to be seeing you in person here just a little beyond a month in Las Vegas at Valuation Expo. So I'll be there with bells on. Good. Yeah, exactly. I know you haven't missed a one in uh, how many years? It's been, I don't know. I have the tags over there on the doorknob. You still got all your uh, attendee passes? Uh, Probably about 10 or 11 years in a row. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good stuff. Todd, I know. From where you sit at an AMC, that you get a lot of appraisals, good, bad, and indifferent, come across your desk. Nobody talks about the good ones. <laughs> right. And, That's expected. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, the same is true on the appraiser side. Squeaky wheel uh, always gets the attention. So, not every one of their clients are horrible clients, I'm sure. And not all of your appraisers are horrible appraisers. So, I don't want anybody to accuse us of otherwise. But I'm sure you see patterns of behavior. What are the most common things that you require revisions on? You know, Joan, surprisingly, they're very simple things. Obviously, we we talk about, you know, there are some very difficult appraisers and we have staff and chief appraisers that help people through different types of situations like that. But, you know, very common things we see multiple times a day. The sketch and the grid, the numbers don't match. The room counts don't match. The bathroom counts don't match. So their sketch says it has two bathrooms. And on the, you know, the 1004, the 1073, it says it has 2.1 bathrooms. And that's that's, fairly common? That is number one. Do you think, uh, is that, and maybe the next four that you're going to talk about, is that because they're cloning a report? I would guess. I mean, you know, I I am an appraiser. I'm not that far removed from being in the field. And, you know, especially in the last two, two and a half years when there's been pressure to double your output, right? Right. I I think we have a lot of little mistakes. You know, the theory is still there. The, you know, all the the brain power is still there. They're just going so fast. They're not reading their reports in some cases before they send it to us. So we then have to, if you're Todd, the appraiser, and you're working by yourself, you don't have the time to let it rest, right? You think you wrote the best report, you hit send and ship it out because somebody's waiting for it. So most of these are very simple things that if if an appraiser had their own checklist of these, you know, four or five items, they could probably save 80% of their revisions, right? Now, these are RQC revisions. These are not underwriter revisions. Underwriters that want borrowers added and sales price changes, those are a little different. But, you know, QC stuff that we see, number one is, you know, the the room count does not match um, the grid. Number two is even simpler. It has the wrong AMC or no AMC noted. As the client. As as one of the clients, correct. Once again, they're speeding through. Maybe their, you know, their biggest uh, AMC is XYZ. And so all their reports show up with XYZ and they just change the, you know, four or five or six a month that they don't do for that AMC. The hard part about this is it's, Usually doesn't take a lot of time, but if you're out in the field for a day or a day and a half, depending on how you schedule your inspections, 
right? Maybe you're an appraiser that spends all of Monday and, and Tuesday out in the field and the rest of the day, you know, typing them up and getting them out. Now your AMC and your lender and your borrower are delayed, you know, by a day and a half for, you know, two letters or three letters, right? right. right? It's not XYZ, it's EVP. So, uh, right. you know, that's a difficult one. A lot of times we see the address is incorrect for the client. You know, in this case, you probably have a client that has a lender client that has multiple, you know, lines of business and they have different addresses, right? One's in Minnesota and one's in Kentucky. And, you know, you're like, oh, this is for, you know, ABC Bank. They're all, I have a, you know, a template for them. Well, it's a different line of business. This is for HELOCs versus, you know, first mortgages and you have the wrong address. So uh, once again, this is not brain power. This is not something that's difficult. This is, you know, like yelling at your kids and calling them three different names before you get to the right name of the kid. It just, it's its habit and it's muscle memory. And it's, you know, the fact that you use a template, which saves you time until you make one of these real small errors. Like I said, they're just simple things. Okay. Well, what's number two on that list? Number two is the AMC. Number three is the incorrect client address. Hey, Todd, let's do this. Before we go further down this list, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. One of the easiest appraisal tools, the Cubicasa app, allows anyone, even a homeowner or agent with a smartphone, to generate an ANSI-aligned digital GLA with five minutes of a scan. Moreover, it comes with high-fidelity, detailed floor plan with interior walls, which are required for hybrid and desktop assignments. Appraisers love this app because they can also complete traditional appraisals for complex properties with ease. The best part is the first scan is free. Sign up today at cubicasas.com. So, Todd, I think we uh, where we left off before the commercial break was you were going to give us the last uh, couple of common revision requests. So, number four is a predominant value statement. And, you know, I've been an appraiser for 30-something years, and it's always been required. But once again, I think appraisers forget. So, if your predominant value is on the report and your actual opinion of value is 10% higher or lower than that, just about every lender requires some sort of statement that you just acknowledge that. Right. Right. And that's also up there on the list. We see, you know, many times every day and hundreds of times a week. Number five is a lit, is kind of changing, you know, the, with the ANSI requirements now required. There have been lenders that wanted immediately some statements and some proof of that. Fannie Mae has come out and said, you know, you don't necessarily have to state that you used an ANSI standard. That's part of their, you know, FAQs that just came out in the last week or two. So that's changing. And and we're pushing back to our lenders on that saying, hey, this is, you know, this is hot off the presses. You don't have to, you know, always state that you use the ANSI standard depending on what the product is. So. Right. Uh, we do, you know, we're an advocate for the appraisers for quality. When, you know, when underwriters come back and ask something, we don't automatically pass it through. But, you know, these are the top four or five things that are, you know, usually incorrect or most often incorrect. You know, like I said, the nuts and bolts of the appraisal are there. It's just the fine tuning is sometimes missed. And I, I think it's due to appraisers have a certain capacity and most of them have tried to double that in the past few years. And that leads to, you know, minor mistakes. You know, I'm going to ask you, this might seem like an unusual question because I'm because the market has changed so dramatically where AMCs were recruiting to add new appraisers to their panel mm-hmm. like like never before. And appraisers had didn't have capacity to add new 
clients. Now, appraisers are <laughs> begging for new clients. Right. So if I was a field appraiser and I called you up, what do I need to do to get on your panel? What What are the magic words you that know, I tell the, you to earn a place on your panel? The biggest thing we appreciate is communication, right? We understand life happens. We understand borrowers don't show up. We understand contracts are not always executed properly. But keeping the AMC in the dark is the worst thing you can do. So just by reaching out, you've already proven you can communicate. That you can communicate. <laughs> exactly. And if, it, yeah. If there's a problem, don't put your head in the sand because that just makes it way worse. Raise yeah. your hand and say, guess what? I have I an issue. Help. Right. And, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, we have digital notes on everything you've told us in the last 10 years. And, you know, the old joke is, you know, their grandmothers died 16 times. They've had 15 flat tires. You know, their computer goes down every other week. It's like, OK, let's get that. Let's get a new list out. All right. Let's. And, you know, once again, this is a very small percentage. I don't want to sound like all appraisers do this, um, but they're the ones that take our resources. Right. The, the good appraisers. Um, that are turning things in on time, you know, 90% of the time, we don't expect perfection. I get it. I've been an appraiser for a long time. My friends are appraisers. The owner of our company is an appraiser. We get it. 100% is hugely difficult task, but 90% should not be that difficult, right? We get it. You're going to be a day late here or there. The property's not what you thought it is. You're waiting for a sale to close, whatever it is, but right. don't keep us in the dark about that, right? Because People think we exaggerate, but we can have a lender call us every hour on the hour looking for an update on a late report. Right. And to say the appraiser said it'll be in later, we can say that, and we do, and then it doesn't come in that day. And then the next day doesn't come in. And now you're three or four days. Now the lender's like, we want another appraiser to do it. We've lost all faith and trust in this appraiser and the AMC involved because they, you know, we take the brunt of the, the harsh words from, from the borrower, from the agents, from the loan people. So communication is number one. That's the biggest thing we're looking for in, in a good partner, in an appraiser partner is communication because we, you know, we hope we do the same thing with you. So, you know, we have a policy. We like to give positive feedback, you know, when you turn in a good report, right? And, um, and might I stress that communication is more important than offering a cheap fee. Oh, yeah. Is that thank you, thank you? Because they think the only way to get their foot yeah. in the door fees are fees these days are almost irrelevant. I mean, I don't want to say they're not, but it's a very small part of our conversation. You know, we give a suggested fee sheet to our lender clients. If for some reason they disagree with us, we can prove to them how many disruptions that cause if they're too low, right? If you're $25 less than the market. You're not going to get the service it, that it your takes other clients a, yeah. are getting. It's it just takes us thing. four times as long to place that order. Right. And is it really worth that money? Hey, Todd, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. The Dictionary of Real Estate 7th Edition is a landmark text that reflects the depth and breadth of appraisal knowledge each entry definition and reference has been painstakingly researched and designed to reflect an expert understanding of issues that currently impact the profession. The new dictionary is an essential authoritative resource for all appraisers. To purchase, visit appraisalinstitute.org slash dictionary seven. 
Welcome back, everybody. So, Todd, you know, I know technology, there's just a whole lot of new stuff, which honestly always excites me because I'm a I'm a nerd. I love new tech. You know, sometimes things get exposed to appraisers that aren't always durable and long lasting. But what do you, what kind of trends are you seeing in some of the new tech offerings? Well, to me, Joan, that I love technology as well. I always look at it as if I can learn how to do something, anybody can, right? I'm the one, you know, I'm the one that has my kid figure out how to set up my new iPhone. But other than that, if you can work it. But I, I think the speed at which things are coming out now and just the, the velocity, right? I think that's the hard part for the appraisers is that there used to be, you know, one or two things a year would come out and you'd try it out and see if you liked it. Now there's two or three things a month that are coming out. Right. And if you don't have the time, I think with technology, what, what people don't understand is it takes time to get used to it, right? It can make things easier and faster, but it's a different process. So you need to figure out that, hey, on day one, when I'm testing this out, assume everything's going to go wrong. You're not going to be able to figure out. Don't have something promised to be done by five o'clock and at 3 p.m. start using some new technology to figure it out because you're probably going to fail and then you're going to get frustrated and you're never going to try it again. If you would have said, okay, let me let me use my own house as a sample and let me work with this for a few days before I, you know, use it in, in my in my business or in my process, I think you know, most people would be way better off because I think when you add the pressure of timeliness and you put technology in there, I, I think it becomes a little bit of a, a miscommunication and, and just appraisers don't use as much of this stuff as they should, because a lot of it's super easy to use. And it's super helpful, but you can't learn it in five minutes. It's going to take a while to figure it out. There's a lot of people working on a lot of technology because that's what makes it better. So if you don't like the version that I put out, try somebody else's and figure out which one you know works best for you because there are some little differences, right? I, I kind of equate it to you know ordering a taco. There can be 10 different types of tacos on a menu. And you only like two of them and you don't ever order the other ones. And the same thing goes with technology, because I think although everybody in the technology space has a goal of saving people time and money and making them more efficient and helping them do their job better, but they're designed by people and people are different. So, you know, you need to find the one that works best for you. Well, you, that's a terrible analogy because I would try all the tacos. Well, I might, I might then, not be far behind decide, you. Yeah, decide uh, which ones I'm, I might order the second time around. But right. that's, but that's just me. Well, listen, Todd, I really enjoyed talking with you today. And by the way, you know, a lot of that new technology is probably going to be at Valuation Expo, Expo because. We by far have the biggest, largest number of uh, exhibitors and sponsors than we've ever had this year at Expo, and a lot of it's new tech. Well, and that's a great place for the appraisers to look at this stuff and spend and get some hands time, on, yeah, right, and say, yeah. Hey, you know, I don't like that one. It has a blue screen, or I don't like that one has a green screen. Find right. the one that has purple that you love and that you want to use, and and go for it, and take some time to learn how to use it. And realize that in order to save you so many hours a week, you know, I, I've been involved in technology for quite some time. And it would always amaze me that an appraiser 
did not want to spend $25 to save, you know, 10 hours a week. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. How much do you make you're an hour? Man. I know. You're saving 10 hours a week, but you don't want to spend, you know, X amount of dollars for this technology. They just, you know, their wallets are, are shut because they don't think it's going to be helpful. I'm like, I'll give it to you for free for, you know, a month. If it doesn't work, then let me know. But, you know, pick the one that, that is useful to you. Pick the price point you like if there's a fee for it. If you have a, a, a New Year's resolution or a resolution because, the you know, the, the numbers are changing in your order status and you don't have 20 things stacked on your desk and you'd like to get there again, I mean, take some time and say, I'm going to commit to learning some new technology in the next 30 days and just set that aside. And every morning or every evening, spend 20 minutes and look at the new technologies and figure out which ones work for you and your business and your process. Because I think it's it's a tremendous benefit. And if you're still walking around with a clipboard and a camera, you know, it's tough. They need to be at Expo because I would say almost every single vendor on that trade show floor is going to give you either a massive discount or they're going to give you a free trial just by being at Expo. And take advantage of it. Yeah, take and advantage take of advantage of it and try try them all, as you say, and yeah. um, see which ones work for you. Well, listen, I appreciate it. We're going to yep. see you soon, and thank you again. Thank you, Joan. Appreciate the time and the invitation. Well, thank you so much, Joan and Todd. That was really insightful, and those are those top five lists is uh, really going to be helpful for the appraisers that are listening to take a minute and make sure that they get, get those right. Thanks for all of our listeners for joining us, and thanks to our sponsors for helping us put these together. If you have a comment or would like to be included on a future Buzzcast, reach out to us at comments at appraisalbuzz.com. Thanks and have a great day.